and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. And on the other line, he's the man with the scuttlebutt on this podcast. It's Hunter Heilman. Oh, sorry. For a second, um, I didn't have my voice. Um some bitch took it away from me i don't know she looked like that woman from bridesmaids uh well hunter you are here um we actually have a pretty jam-packed episode because a lot of uh movie news sort of happened in the last week but we're gonna kind of uh make the meat of this episode talking about the live action little mermaid remake which um i think is going to be regardless of how either of us feel about it i think it's going to be a big hit i oh it's gonna make like 1.5 billion um don't ask what people are going to think about it a year from now but like right now it's about to make so much money it it is the one movie this so far this year where people in my life whether they be family members or co-workers are just like stopping me like when is it coming yeah. did you see it what did you think like it, it is the thing that it seems like people are the most excited about probably just because um they their relationship with the animated version but i had someone at work yesterday go what did you think of it and i was like what no two days ago i was like what are you talking about they're like little mermaid what did you think i was like oh yeah that yeah literally everyone what at my do you want to hear no yeah well we'll get into that um there has been a lot of movie news in the last uh couple days um some sad news to kind of start us out with is tina the great tina turner died um which is you know, I know that's a little bit more in the music sphere, but I, I think of Tina Hard Turner work. as someone who is just as important to to movies. I mean, I whether it be like, you know, her performance in the Mad Max movies or doing the theme song to Goldeneye or, you that's know, in, uh, is that your favorite Bond theme? It's my ba- it's my favorite Bond theme. I yeah. kind of like the Louis Armstrong uh, all the time. In the uh, world. That's that's my sentimental yeah, favorite. No, um, mine's mine's Goldeneye, and Goldeneye might actually be my favorite Bond movie as well. I love Gold. I f- love Goldeneye. It's, it's definitely it's, my favorite Pierce Brosnan. One. It might be the one Pierce Brosnan one. I, I go like. back and forth between like Goldeneye and Casino Royale, and what my answer is is almost always contingent on which one I watched most recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Goldfinger also used to be in there quite a bit too, but I haven't watched Goldfinger in a while. So maybe if I do that, that'll like come in and overshadow the other ones. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I mean, even I would say, even if we're not even talking about like if Tina Turner was in something or like anything like that, her music was such a huge part yeah. of other movies. And not only that, you know, obviously what's love got to do with it. Right. Um, and then um, let's just be real. Actually, I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. Y'all can crucify me for it, but you know what? This is the week that Tina Turner died and you can't get mad at me for saying this. I, to this day and since the beginning have thought Thunderdome is the best non Fury road, Mad Max movie. Oh yeah, we've we've had this conversation before. Of the originals, Thunderdome is like the one because of Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. Because it was like finally there's some like camp and some like really fun chemistry between Mel Gibson and another character. He's not just some like emotionless 
you know, killing machine in this. I'm not saying he's fully that in the other ones too, but it just makes it so much more interesting, even if Thunderdome does kind of lose that bite by being PG-13 as opposed to R. It's not yeah. that big of a deal. I, yeah, I mean, it's just... Uh, she's, just she's just one of those people that, like... T- Tennessee I, I, native from 20, 20 minutes up the road of from my grandma. Oh. Um, the Tina Turner Museum in Nutbush, Tennessee. She is from Nutbush. Um, is behind a McDonald's. Mm. Yep. Um... It's very interesting. Never been. Might go now. Um, yeah, she's just like, one of those people that, like, I feel like I've always kind of taken for granted. Like, if someone was to ask me, like, what do you think of Tina Turner? I would always just be like, I mean, everyone she, she's has. great, but, like, that was... that's like saying, like, water is wet or something. And then it's it's been, you know, fun and a little bit sad this past week to sort of be, like, going over the music and, you know, the performances and even, like, small little things. Like, there is a a Pepsi commercial I saw on Twitter where David Bowie is a mad scientist and like spills a Pepsi on his computer and it creates Tina Turner, just like little thing, everything from like the, the big iconic stuff to little stuff like that of just sort of like re-emphasizing like, Oh wow. Yeah. This really like once in a generation legend that my favorite sadly missed. My favorite clip this week. So there have been a lot of sad ones because Tina Turner, unfortunately, didn't view her legacy the same way I think a lot of people did because she just went through so much. And for a long time, I mean, I saw a couple very critical articles this week regarding how um, people and especially within kind of rap music have like used her abuse as like punchlines and songs. Mm. Um, But how that and kind of her mockery of her relationship with ike turner uh caused caused her to really not view herself as like this legend in the same way that she did very sad it showed a lot in that recent um hbo documentary which is on the homepage of max right now you go and look at it um and for good reason but for me, my favorite my favorite thing this week that has been floating around with Tina Turner, it's a clip from from 2004, and it's um on Oprah's 50th birthday party, and it's mm-hmm. uh it's on the show, it's on the Oprah Winfrey show, and everyone's there, and she's just like, oh yeah, like thank you so much for coming, uh, you know, she's Oprah, she's, yeah, she was Oprah then, she's Oprah now, but like in 2004, she was unstoppable. And John Travolta's up there, and they're, you know, they're like, we have one more surprise for you. And I could just feel her just be like, ugh, what? Like, this person flew in from Switzerland to tell you that you are simply the best. And I'm talking every bit of, like, cynicism regarding this, like, grand display of, like, ugh, okay, whatever. Went away. Oprah started screaming, running around, because, like, that was Tina Turner. Even to Oprah, Tina was, like, the one. And that says something that at the height of her Oprah-ness, mm-hmm. that, um, that someone can really humble her down to that sort of uh, level of starstruckness. That's Tina Turner. Well, our RIP Tina Turner will be sadly missed. Um, some other news that's been happening this week. The Cannes Film Festival has been going on. And I don't want to get too in the weeds with 
with the stuff. I mean, the the Palm Door has not been given out at this point, but just kind of wanted to. It's got to be like to tomorrow, right? I think so because we're recording this on a Saturday, and I think we're nearing the end of the of the festival. Yeah. Um, but just kind of wanted to go through some of the big kind of high profile premieres and kind of what the general buzz I've heard is. Um, five movies that I've heard a lot of positive reaction about. Obviously, I think the big one people were sort of eyeing with anticipation was Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, which had a trailer yeah. come out. Um, I, You and I are both very excited for it. Sounds like the very. movie is awesome. Um, nothing that complicated to say there. That movie is no. not in competition, though. Um, this also will heard be, of- I about to say, th- this is... Not the first and certainly not the last time we're going to be talking about this. No, 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 no. Um, I've heard a lot of positive things about uh, Wes Anderson's new movie, Asteroid City, which comes out here in a couple weeks. We'll do a whole episode on that. One of um, multiple of his this year. Yes. Um, also heard some positive things about uh, Todd Haynes' new movie, May, December, with Natalie Portman. And he it, has he has guaranteed that it is going to get a theatrical release. Oh, thank God! It was picked up by Netflix. That being said, I do believe that a theatrical release by Netflix standards means showing it on the side of a highway at two in the morning <laughs> on a Tuesday once and saying we did it for y'all. Yeah, you I mean, kind of come. excited to see him reteaming with with Julianne Moore. Um, I've heard and... it's pretty brutal, just like the satire of it, just like yeah. I, it sounds like a lot of people big. were caught off guard that it's a comedy based off of like what it's what it's about. Um, it's like Mary Kay. It's like a Mary Kay Letourneau style satire. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm interested in that. It's, his movies are even when I don't like them, they're always sort of yeah. fascinating objects. Um, there's this movie called Anatomy of a Fall. That's a French movie that sounds like is one of the kind of front runners for the Palm, but was notably picked up by Neon. So I guess it's going to come out this year. And if that does win the Palm, pretty impressive by them that they've picked up like the last four Palm Dorm winners yeah. to, to distribute. Um, and then the movie I've heard probably the most hype about. And that I'm jo- the most excited about. Jonathan Glazier's Zone of Interest, which was kind of this big mystery. I think all that anyone really knew is it was adapted from this novel um, that was about kind of a love triangle among like um, people who run the Auschwitz concentration camp. But it sounds like the movie is a very, 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 very loose adaptation of that. And is essentially this kind of like fly on a wall story that is basically like focusing on the family of the guy who ran Auschwitz. And so most of the movie is just sort of these sort of like very wide shots of this uh, of watching this family sort of go through their day-to-day lives at this cottage they live in outside of the concentration camp and just sort of them living their sort of like happy little quote-unquote wholesome family vibes, having parties, dinners, playing in the swimming pool, but you sort of being aware that they are just sort of a few miles from like the wor- one of the worst things that's ever happened in the history of humanity and sort of seeing things like smoke rising um or ash falling from the sky or occasionally gunfire or the screams from auschwitz and it being this movie that is kind of about uh, it seems like a big theme this year because robert de niro also brought it up with killers of the flower moon was like the banality of evil and this sort of being jonathan glazer making a movie about people kind of ignoring the worst sort of thing that's happening just a few miles away and kind of living their own little kind of like happy little bubble inside that and and necessarily ignoring it as much as just like 
co-signing, being complicit with co-signing it. it with indifference, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and all of that. I just picked up the book from my library. Yeah. I haven't started it yet, but it, I've heard it is, again, I read the back of the book and I was like, this sounds nothing like the movie I've read reviews yeah. about, but I'm still interested to see if it like, it obviously, if it has the name, it probably carries similar themes. So yeah, I've heard like very, the, the, meat aspects of the book are sort of like very very downplayed and mm-hmm. it's sort of like him just sort of using this like a, a paul thomas anderson there will be blood situation of like i'm yeah. using kind of the basic setup but then kind of going in my own yeah. direction with it um what are your jonathan glazier thoughts because i obviously really like a lot of his music videos i love sexy beast and under the skin but i'm not yeah. a big fan of birth his his second feature. i quite i haven't watched birth in a long time but i quite like it it's okay very, i figured that was know, kind of an up your alley sort of it movie. is nicole kidman and lauren bacall and like a weird like psychosexual like kind of thriller but kind of fantasy i don't know yeah it's fun i like it um i've actually never seen sexy beast it's my one jonathan glazier like um like blind spot mm-hmm. um i need to get to that because it sounds quite interesting on paper i very funny movie love under the skin though. yeah i adore that movie. another I, similar situation of that's based off of a book but is like very very different from the novel and i know that of. because i read <laughs> the book after i saw it and i read it between like at the i read it at the beach between my uh senior year of high school and college because that was i was very annoying with that movie in 2014 i love it i watched it again the other night after zone of interest premiered because i was like well obviously i can't watch zone of interest for a while because i think a24 is going to hold on to that for as long as they possibly i think december is when i heard it's it's maybe getting released although i'm sure it'll pop up at like a few festivals i think it's just like whispers in the wind right now but yeah i mean if a24 was smart they would keep it for award season and i'm sure they will which means i'm not going to see it for a while so i was like let me get my fill let me rewatch under the skin for the first time in a while Ooh, it holds up Mm-hmm. remember when scarlett johansson just did, used to just do movies like that yeah they had her in a bad wig awful lipstick showing hole just out here her best performance 10 out of 10 um but yeah no i i i love that and i'm I, it's hard to say that i'm excited for zone of interest i'm not i'm, I'm just very in, very intrigued about it yeah yes. i'm i'm very interested to see see it and i'm very interested um i just yeah it seems very much so filmmaking wise uh something that very much so intrigues me yeah the 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 take i've heard is that it is it is a very very tough sit but it is like on i have not heard a single like negative reaction about it and like everyone basically saying like it is it is an undeniable kind of achievement of some sort um even if it's not the most pleasant thing to sit through. Yeah, um, it's like a very different a very different approach to, you know, showcasing something that has been showcased in every other type of way. Yeah, definitely. Screen. Um the last movie that kind of premiered at Cannes that uh is big and we'll be talking about oh. here in another couple of weeks that um it seems like was kind of uh, wah, wah. <laughs> a, a, a bad decision by the walt disney corporation was the the fifth indiana jones movie premiered there um harrison ford got you know 
showered with praise as as he should and um it it seems like disney was sort of hoping this was going to be like a situation where at at can often there is a sort of big blockbuster that premieres like last year uh top gun was there and you know there was the year mad max was there so i think yeah. they were kind of hoping for a similar situation to top gun where like they can build hype for the movie a few weeks before it comes out yeah. and like the big iconic movie star can get some award and get showered with praise and stuff like that. Um, it seems like that sort of backfired. We'll obviously do a much longer Indiana Jones episode when that movie comes out, but sort of. um, it, it does not hear sound like the, it sounds like a lot of the rumors I was hearing for months and months about this movie were sort of confirmed by the initial wave of reviews. And um, maybe this, seems like a potentially bad decision by disney of now they have like early bad buzz about this movie like a month before it comes out yeah it makes me very sad because i did want this to be good because i want to root for james van gold and like mm-hmm. i i and i do want to root for harrison ford because it's obviously something he cares about as opposed to like star wars which he's yes. like like y'all can f- die but like indiana jones that's where his heart is unfortunately and uh yeah it's you a know, better role for him honestly it is absolutely but, you know, it just kind of sucks to see that, like, really nothing post, uh, or at least seemingly, I haven't seen Dial of Destiny yet. I might love it. Who knows? But Yeah, I, I will go in with an open mind, yeah. but the, the early buzz thus far is not very strong. Yeah, and, you know, I thought the most recent trailer, even though I have, I, I feel some type of way about the de-aging, which, like, apparently my fears were not as- assuaged by any of the, um, any of the reviews, but, you know. I, I the most recent trailer i was like this could be fun i could mm-hmm. i could really be down for this um and then you know all this has happened and it's it, yeah it's very misguided of just like if y'all knew this was a mess which let's be real here i think y'all probably did yeah did you think that the can crowd the can the can film right. festival crowd <laughs> were going to be the 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 fans that were going to be like, no, it's actually great before it, you know, tanks the, on release. The most sort of like snooty film festival in the world. You, you better be confident in your blockbuster if you're going to like yeah. debut it there. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, you know, premiering it at like Toronto or whatever. Or CinemaCon. Like, yeah. You know, people are going to be like, yeah. Premiering the flash at CinemaCon and everyone's like, it's the best superhero movie ever made because i this is the first time i've ever gone to an event like this like no these people at can are hardened they don't give a f- that they're there they're like this is literally just a tuesday for me they're like it, i sat through a nine hour hungarian holocaust drama you better yeah <laughs> you better so, be bringing the goods indiana jones yeah so you know it's just it's unfortunate and I hope that I go against the grain um, against the majority of critics on this one, because I would really like to enjoy it. However, it makes me curious to revisit (sighs) Crystal Skull, which I do not think I have seen since like right after it came out. And like, I don't I don't remember liking, but it is sort of the one Indiana Jones movie that I have like pretty I pretty much like have not rewatched in recent years or like do not have like seared into my brain from having seen all the time as a kid yeah so you know just a just a big old misfire i understand again i understand why they thought they could maybe pull it off but if you don't have something very good on your hands don't take your chance at can yeah 
or at least in terms of a big blockbuster premiere like something shitty you can premiere the idol at can i don't care but like oh we um, we don't have time to get into I, for, I completely forgot about the the upcoming idol discourse that's going to that's happen. tv that's not my business um but yeah just uh just just a just a swing and a miss by by disney and and lucas films and lucas well, lucas film and paramount also because they're also in on this so Although I think they 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 feel probably a little bit fine because they get the balance like, out with we the Scorsese the in- stuff. <laughs> they're like, we just have the in association with credit here. We don't have y'all have the full ones. Have fun right. with that, y'all. Um. Well, speaking of the Walt Disney Corporation, let's talk about uh the Little Mermaid remake that is coming out this weekend. I first want to start off with kind of two questions for you. Uh, first, sort of like what your relationship is with the. 1989 uh animated animated adaptation of the little mermaid um was this kind of like a signature disney film for you growing up um and then kind of what your opinions have been about the this this recent trend of like disney saying let's just take kind of our classic animated movies and make live action remakes of them with big movie stars um so the first question about whether about my relationship with the little mermaid um no (laughs) I don't love the Little Mermaid. I know you're like really questioning bringing me I, on this podcast. I mean, I don't know because right it 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 was one of those Disney movies that was that like I watched all the time as a kid. But I think that had mostly to do with the fact I was like really into the ocean as a kid, okay, and so that's like fair. like that was. Uh, but the Little Mermaid was like on constantly. Yeah, that we ran that VH. My sister and I ran that VHS. To, to the ground as a kid yeah no uh not me that it has never really been one of my favorites um it was one of the last ones i ever well not one of the last but like of the kind of like canon as a kid mm-hmm. it was one of the last i saw as a kid and it just never gave me the same feelings that like uh like beauty and the beast and mulan mm. and like the ones i love my sister my sister was a big pocahontas girly so i watched a lot of pocahontas as well which that that's the one that be, never I think, really really I think we can be rest assured that that's not ever getting a remake um but i like, dare you disney <laughs> the music is so so good in it but like mm. And, you know, at, at the time, I didn't know the difference of any of that. But, yeah, those were, like, the big ones in my household. And The Little Mermaid was just kind of never that. The Little Mermaid was, like, I rewatched it recently to Same. prep for the new one. And, um, you know, it definitely, it is definitely the first swing at the Renaissance. Mm-hmm. it ushered it in but there were still things that i think needed to be worked out in terms of the animation style and the just kind of general feeling of it all i never found ariel particularly interesting um it's st- she still felt like a disney princess from the previous era and then i feel like post little mermaid they got the hint of what they needed to kind of do with these characters yeah i've Um, never enjoyed it i I think i rewatched it during the pandemic and i would say i don't like it as much as some of the other renaissance movies like aladdin or the lion king or even beauty and the beast yeah um i think the biggest thing is another big one in my house which like makes that remake a whole nother thing but um yeah i think the biggest thing the little mermaid has going for it is like the songs are kind of all bangers um yes. and absolutely um, 
yeah, I I, I think well, it is, the songs it is, in the original are all bangers. Right, right. We'll get into that. It is it is like nonstop, like nothing but hits in terms of of the music in it, and and I I I enjoy the animation hard, of it. And it's but it's hard for it not to be. It's a tight like eighty five minutes. Right. Credits, yeah. I I was sort of surprised we'll when I revisited it. Yeah. Um. But sorry, eighty three minutes with credits. Right, right. But like how do you feel about these these Disney live action remakes, it, so to speak? It depends. It depends on the one, because I think on one hand, um, we can have something like the I don't know, like the Lion I kinda King. like the Jungle Book one. Yeah. So I mean we could have something like the Lion King. Mm-hmm. The one from about uh, it's four years ago at this point, directed by Jean Favreau. Yeah. I God. think that movie is a disgrace yes it is truly one it was one of the like most like are y'all fucking seeing this type of like experiences i've ever seen because it's not a live action remake we can call it that it's not it's animated but it's like what if we took the animation and spent five times the amount of money that we spent on the original to make it look like ass straight ass it it is it is a perfect example of like that line jeff goldblum has in jurassic park of like you you and your team spent so much time thinking about whether or not you could that you didn't stop to think about whether or not you should yeah and what's wild to me as well is speaking of that jungle book remake also directed by john john favreau Mm mm-hmm I have a big issue, and this is a big issue with The Little Mermaid as well. Realistic animals cannot emote. They're not expressive. You know what's not not. expressive? A fish or a bird. No, they're not. So, like, and a lion certainly isn't. No! So, like, that's the thing. That's what made the original one so great is because you could, you had that wiggle room with the 2D animation Mm -hmm. to give you characters that didn't look anatomically like lions you could tell they were lions but it wasn't like a one-to-one it wasn't like we were watching a attenborough documentary uh, but they just also happened to be singing Mm -hmm. and that's what i think the jungle book did well is that even though their animals were more realistic they still actually had expression because they still looked animated yeah and they and and they moved away from like there's like they drop Baron the Cessies like a couple times in that movie, but it it moves away from being uh, a musical one to one remake. It's not right, like which like this... the problem with Lion King is like you have I'm I'm thinking of like I just can't wait to be king, which in the yeah. animated version is this like colorful, fun, bu- fun, colorful, big Bugsley Berkeley musical number fantasy, but, right? And the lions are like spinning around and dancing and stuff, but like. You can't do that in real life. No. So, like, it just becomes like the animals but, are walking around the watering hole. Let me hole. pose this question to you about uh-huh. that, though. About not being able to do it in real life. Why? Why can't you? Yeah. Why won't? Why don't they? Why won't they? What's it's, the point? It's the huge fault in, like, let's make this as, like, realistic as yeah. as possible. And to the point where, like, you remove any sort of sense of yeah. style or fun from this yeah. and it becomes like you know what normal animals just kind of do they just kind of sit around and they all and the, the disney remakes started as like let's do it but differently so it was mm-hmm. like i like the first one was alice in wonderland which like whatever you feel about that movie i actually i enjoy it because i have a lot of fond memories of it okay I, I feel like if i watched it today 
I'm I'm very afraid to watch it today I'm, because I'm pretty uh, on the record is thinking it's one of the ugliest movies ever made. But that's fair, just me. Fair <laughs> enough, and that's why I don't want to return to it because I'm like I know that I'm gonna hate it if I watch it. Uh-huh. So like, you, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna live fondly in my memories of it of seeing it in middle school mm-hmm. with all of my me and my, all of my hot topic friends, and um, listen to the soundtrack and the score, and have those feelings work well. And not have to watch it again. Yeah. But but no matter what you think of that movie, it is not a one-to-one Alice in Wonderland remake. Right. It's different. It's later in her life. Maleficent. Again, I actually I'm not gonna lie, I also really like Maleficent. Um uh not a one-to-one remake of Sleeping Beauty at no. all. It is kind of the it's kind of an anti-remake in right. that sense. Then Cinderella came along, and that's actually also quite good, but that is definitely more one-to-one, minus the musical elements. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it's treating until... it more like a yeah. costume romance yes. um, than necessarily like the... Yeah. A, it, it's, it's different enough, while you're right, it is a sort of like step in moving these closer and closer to just being like copy and pasted from the animated version and then it's like jungle book the second alice in wonderland movie which i baby (laughs) um and then david lowry's peach dragon that was Mm -hmm. one where it's like very different i love peach dragon um but it wasn't until beauty and the beast that it was like what if we just made the same movie yeah and And that movie is a was a gigantic hit and I remember, because it was the first one where I was like, oh, this is novel. Like, it's actually, mm-hmm. like, a one-to-one remake. That's interesting to watch once. Mm-hmm. And then you watch it, if you try to watch it again, the entire time, the only thought is, I could be watching the animated version. Right. Where Bell doesn't have to be heavily auto-tuned. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, Emma Watson. She catches strays every time that I talk about this movie, but I'm and so and with s- sort of gorgeous animation as opposed to sort of like CGI weird goop. CGI. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, listen, y- yeah. So I appreciate the ones that go in that different direction. So I like Peach Dragon. I like Maleficent. The second Maleficent movie is campy fun. It's not good, but like, it's not the worst time you could ever have. I like Mulan which I think got a shit rap because of COVID. Um, and now, of course, people, they're like, it's one of the biggest box office bombs of all time. I'm like, no, we, it's not. We have to put an asterisk by I'm anything like, that no, came it's out not. during the pandemic. <laughs> no, it's not. It didn't even open in theaters. I would have loved to have seen it in theaters. But that, again, it is a, it is a, it is a martial arts action war movie. It's not Mulan. And I guess that's also a reason why I think a lot of people didn't like it is because it wasn't that because they've now gotten a taste of stuff that doesn't challenge you of like, it's very much so, and this is going to sound very mean. And if, and if you are one of these people, I'm very sorry. It's just jingling keys in people's faces. And that's also why I liked Cruella. Cruella was fun because Cruella, like Maleficent was kind of, it wasn't looking to be a remake. Of course, it's the IPification of it all, but like, I still enjoyed that. But again, with that, it's just like, remember this? Remember this? Remember this from your childhood? 
And like, I've never thought of that comparison, but that's so funny and so accurate. <laughs> it's just like, I feel really bad saying that because I know a lot of good people who are falling victim to it. And again, I don't hate this new Little Mermaid. It's actually like, to me, it's on par with like the Aladdin remake where I'm like, this isn't the worst thing I've ever seen. It's not the Lion King, but come, like, come on, y'all. Yeah, I... You did, did not... something inspired with the casting of Ariel and then tapped out. You're like, okay, cool. Yeah, I did not really enjoy it at all while also like I don't I don't think it's a train wreck or anything no. like that, but I I I think the sort of central problem of like It's not Pinocchio. Oh god. <laughs> that that might be the worst one of these. I mean, I I've, I've not it, really enjoyed I've any of these, but that that is the one that is the like Oh, that so that's why this is on Disney Plus is like I've heard it's it's horrid. Yeah. Uh, it's that's that one's to. like really embarrassing. Yeah. Um yeah, I I think it is this little mermaid remake is is caught in between I feel like if they had pushed it into just sort of like it's inspired by it but we can kind of just make it its own thing, yeah. then maybe it would be a little bit it would be at least I think kind of like fine for for me but i then i think it gets into trouble into trying to recreate the animated movie and yeah. runs into what i think my biggest problem is with a lot of these remakes especially the ones that try to adhere so closely to the animated versions is like it's two different mediums and there's things that you can do in animation that just when you try and translate it to live action either you're weighed down by the actual physics of what you can do in the real world yeah. or something that like we take for granted and looks awesome in an animated movie when you try and do it in a with like photorealistic or seemingly photorealistic people and creatures it kind of looks stupid and i <laughs> i can tell you're building up for a take here <laughs> why do the fish Look, realistic. Oh what my gosh. are we doing here? Why are we doing this? This is, okay. The Little Mermaid. Mermaids don't exist. Yes. Therefore, well. Except manatees. Uh, assuming mermaids don't exist. So we're already in fantasy movie territory. Right. We're already not in reality. Mm-hmm. So why does everything else have to be? Mm -hmm. Why does Flounder have to look like a real Flounder? Why can't you just do 3D animation and make him look cute? Yeah. And not terrifying? Yeah. Because it's terrifying. And it's not charming. And again, you lose that emotion where it's like, you're supposed to find Flounder endearing and cute and like, oh, you're just like a little fat little fella. Like, you know, yeah. like you're just a little, you're just. You know. I don't even know if it's terrifying. It just sort of reminded me of the like Kurt well, Cobain okay. quote about like fish don't have feelings, and I was just like, yeah, you know what, you know what I'm, I'm a... I when I go to the aquarium, I'm like the fish are so beautiful, but I'm never like, oh, I really feel the emotion of the like the tuna that's swimming by me. I'm, 
I am afraid of fish, so maybe that's a personal thing. <laughs> I I don't really when, like birds, so that maybe that's like when you know when uh, Scuttle is like coming out. I'm just sort of like oh, birds are no, birds I are actually, inherently evil, and like that might I, be you can't get me to sympathize with though. this. <laughs> that might be Aquafina though. Poor thing. <laughs> oh God, I've rooted for her since the the farewell and. She's, she's having a bad it, year. She's making it incredibly hard for me to do so because, like, let me tell you, they beaten her ass online all the time. But and I'm always just like, I'm not gonna say anything because I actually like the girl. Whatever. It's hard getting hard, girl. We need you to need... get her like an FX series or something like that. Well, no. So she has that show on Comedy Central. North That's right. Queens, and I've heard it's great, but no one watches it. Yeah. And that's that's a shame. I've heard the show is actually really good, but yeah, no, we need girl, you need to do something serious soon cuz you're a good dramatic actress. You were a Golden Globe winning dramatic actress. Let's get this going. Why are you a Disney shill regardless though? Um but yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like this is a fantasy movie. Therefore, you can give me the fantasy. Mm-hmm. You don't have to make Sebastian look like a like a crab. Yeah, you know I what else prob- is an expressive freaking crustaceans yeah like this you don't need to make him look like something that i've eaten before right i literally the entire time like he would get knocked over really hard and i'm like how did he not break or because you I, know what sebastian my favorite I, character from the animated version as a kid and this whole time i was like mm, i don't know i kind of want to like toss sebastian I'm in like, some some old bay literally and, you know, i was some... like i was like ooh, crack that backwards a little right. bit and if you get that right you could get all the meat out in one go i was just like come on let's do that and it's such a shame too because again like a lot of disney stuff now also this is one thing also, the ocean doesn't have to be realistic. It doesn't no, have the, to be. Re- the ocean it doesn't is have so to be, boring looking here. It doesn't have to be realistically murky. It doesn't have to be any of that. Where was Atlantica? <laughs> it, that, that's Where was what the I was city? Because because okay, for, King, tell me if Trent, I'm wrong. King of, it's, King it's of like what? an actual palace, right? In the animated yeah. version, King and of, here it's just like they're they're by like some stones that are just like underneath King, the sea. King of what? Yeah. Like the half square mile of like reef that they live in. Why can't it be like Atlantis in Aquaman? Like the the two yes. movies I thought about the entire it's time that city. were like it's that a were like huge aquatic metropolis. Yeah, like and they I, have the whole musical sequence of introducing all of the sisters and the daughters right. of Triton and all that, and that's gone. Here what they're just like doing? floating around rocks, and and all of a sudden, why is like, Scuttle <laughs> underwater? That that's. <laughs> That's a question go we to, really. Someone go to needs the surface, to, Brenda. Someone really needs to ask Rob Marshall that. Like, have he you ever did. seen a bird before? They did, and he was like, you know, we have to bend the rules for like some realism thing sometimes. And I'm like, okay, so you admit it. You can do that, <laughs> right? Why? So why can't Flounder just pop his head out from the water? And we he already, already know. does that. <laughs> he does that multiple times in this movie. I would have bought that instead of like the seagull goes underwater and could just sort of talk and underwater. And at one point she says, oh, okay, cool. We're done here. Awesome. I have to go get air. Where's been, there's no <laughs> air coming out when you're speaking. Like if we're abiding by realism, let's do that. Right. I don't know. That just made me really mad. And what makes me, and what sucks about all of that, what sucks about it is that, oh my God, everything around this movie is doing 
zero favors for the amount that Halle Bailey is putting into it. Yeah, I they actually thought a- she was very, very charming she in this is- movie, and I felt borderline like Im- I felt a tad like sad and embarrassed for her of just sort of like she how is- bad the movie around her looked and was sort of put together. She, she is so incredibly talented. If you guys yeah. aren't aware of Halle Bailey outside of this movie, she her and her sister Chloe, which you probably have heard maybe some of Chloe's solo music, but they were Chloe Chloe X Halle. They were R&B duo, amazing. They're now obviously doing their own solo things, and they're both acting and all of that. But Hallie is the younger Shout out Atlanta, both Atlanta girls. Yep, Atlanta, like, you know, and just insanely talented singers, truly. Um, And and very talented actresses as well. Um, And she, like, they lucked out with her so hard. And, like, if I was Rob Marshall, I would have been like, well, we got someone good for this. Now we got to like really step it up because everything surrounding how wonderful she is, mm-hmm. is just like, Oh, that's a shame. Like, that's just, you know, and it's not even the singing, like her singing is great, but you can just tell throughout the movie. Like sh- that's a movie star. Like just yeah. like the Part way she's world, able to hold the, the my screen. screening, my screening erupted in applause at the end of part of your world. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is not unfounded. That was a moment when I was like, Oh God, is this, is this movie actually good? And then I was like, uh, no, it's just her. She's yeah. just wonderful. And like, it just makes me very, uh, that's the thing. This movie is going to be huge, obviously. And I do hope in, in a year when no one's really thinking of this movie anymore, probably, uh like most of the live action remakes i am glad that most people will still be thinking about her and i think a lot of people you know i've already seen that like um they have like live action aerials at disney oh yeah i saw that too um which is gonna that's again fabulous it's so good to see like a lot of people are gonna see themselves in this new aerial but i don't think that they're gonna see themselves watching much of much else of the movie no um and with and that, maybe this like, will be a big like launch well, all, for her because she's in the color purple color remake purple. that's coming yep. out later this year so maybe it's this will kind of be a good it's an adaption of the musical okay the the, which the the musical was an adaptation of the book by alice walker she will be in a version of the color purple that will be playing in movie theaters later this year she is um, young she is the young version of Nettie, so quite a quite a sizable role that's obviously the, the oprah winfrey character in the spielberger version right no that is um her sister it's Celie's sister um it's so, been so long. I need to revisit that movie because I've, too, I've only actually. seen it once and I was like uh it like 13 when I saw yeah, it. Yeah, no. So. Um no, Oprah's character is if I'm correcting Because Oprah's the sister, right? Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I don't think so. I, I think... thought Whoopi Goldberg was the the main she girl is. that she's marries. C- she's yes. silly. And then um Oprah is Sophia, who is um the one who takes her in after that's right. she leaves. And that's Danielle Brooks in the new one. And okay. then Margaret Avery is Suge Avery, who is going to be uh, Taraji P. Henson. Mm-hmm. And then Nettie is Akusha, Akusha, Akosia Busha in the original. Mm-hmm. She's not a huge, huge role later on in the movie. 
Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it'll be great. It but but great. hopefully this will be like a a she's already a star in the music industry but hopefully yes. this will be a big like okay she's real she's like the one good thing in this little mermaid movie and then she I wouldn't will say the hopefully... one good thing i will say i was shocked at how much i actually enjoyed i'm not gonna say i loved but i did enjoy melissa mccarthy's ursula because i sure. appreciate i appreciated that she played ursula as a woman named Ursula who hangs around like a West Virginia dive bar who loves like gin and tonics and smokes like Newports. Yeah, I guess I, I don't think Melissa McCarthy is bad in the movie. It just sort of seemed to me like, like that was the most sort of like Xerox from the Pat Carroll vocal performance no, from wasn't. the... It, it so felt much like, better. I mean, it's better, but it, it that's felt what like, I told someone at work. I was like, "Yeah, she's pretty good. She's no Pat Carroll, though." Right, it, but it felt like okay. I'm gonna kind of do the like dress up for Halloween. Like my my big thing about these the Disney remakes is, is awful. Is they feel like you know when you go to Disney World and you see like the actors kind of doing the parade version of like the songs and stuff. This feels like her Again, like a, trying no, to not. do the parade version. Those people are, of, those people are really good. Uh, McCarthy's but, just fine. But but this know. felt like her kind of like I uh, the the Pat Carroll performance as Ursula is so iconic. Like yeah. I have to like kind of attempt to do that as opposed to Halle Berry gets to kind of make this role her own. Halle who? That, Pat Carroll. Halle who? Bailey. Did I say Halle Berry? Yeah. Oh, whoops. It happens a lot. No, I remember when Halle Bailey got cast, a lot of people were like, Halle Berry, isn't she a little old for the role? And they were like, no, no, no. Y'all got a couple years to, like, hammer this down. Yes. It's a different, different one. Different girl. Um, No, I mean, yeah. But I still think they should have cast either a drag queen or a trans woman in the role, but that's just me. Also, I know Lizzo campaigned for the role very heavily as well. Which like that would be she, she interesting. Would be, she would have been way too young, but like yeah, s- still would have been fun. Um, it would have been a different energy that I don't. Why did they get rid of the "Don't underestimate the importance of body language" line? Because they changed a lot of the lines. Oh, yes. a couple of the lines in "Poor Unfortunate Souls." A lot of people had a lot of issues with that. I don't care. I didn't care anything. They, I didn't they did notice. that with multiple songs too, but I, I guess I just like am not going around humming Little Mermaid songs I, all the time that I, I didn't care. notice. Whatever. But that was the one where I was like, "That's an iconic line. Why did we get rid of it? There's no, there's no like sexual context to that, or like anything that could be perceived as objectionable, and it's iconic. Why would we not do this? But whatever." You know, they hit all the, they hit all, and again, that's not, and that's not a spoiler or anything. It was mm-hmm. literally in, in the clip that they released for Poor Unfortunate Souls. Yeah, so, you know, they hit all of the same things. They do cut a few songs. They cut, obviously, the Atlantica intro, and they cut the, everything with the, with the chef that wants to eat Sebastian. Boo! Boo! Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, like, that was like my favorite number as a kid, is the, yeah. the chef bit. But I they was so mad that that was not in there. Songs, which um, Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote. Yeah, I kind of described um, this to people after, like, when people were asking me, like, so how is it? How is it? I, I said, like, 
imagine if you described the animated version as all killer, no filler, and then you just sort of paused and said, but what if we added a whole bunch of filler in? Like, the, the animated version, as you kind of hinted at, it's like, what, 80 minutes or something? 83 like, minutes with credits. It's, it's it's under 90 minutes. It's very short. This is two um, hours and 15 minutes long right. with songs that have been cut and replaced with songs that I personally believe should place Lin-Manuel Miranda in <laughs> The Hague. Yeah, the new songs, it, my friend Noah, who has been on this podcast a couple times before, he went with me, and just we both kind of in the theater kept giving each other these, like, disgusted looks of, like, we didn't even need to say anything of just, like, you knew whenever a new song was on because it it was this, as we mentioned earlier, the the songs out of the original movie are such bangers and are all so great that yep. as soon as you went to one of the new Lin-Manuel Miranda songs, you're like, oh, you're, there it is. <laughs> you're like, oh, like when the Prince Eric like ballad song came in, yep. that was the first one we were like, oh, this is kind of a stinger. He, he is an interesting, he is an interesting fellow, Jonah Howard King, because I enjoyed him when he was with Halle Bailey because they have good sure. chemistry. But when he's alone, when he does his own song, wow, I was just like, I literally was like, should I go to the bathroom? Right. That... I, have, I was like, do I have to pee? But then I was like, no, there's a lot of people around me. I'm not going to get up. Yeah. That was I'll like, just, can like, I t- move past these people on either side of me? Is yeah, going to be a was, distraction? It's just so flat and just not there. And the song does him no favors because it's no. just like, it's not so bad that it's like, ugh, whatever. But it's also just like, ugh, whatever. And then there's the like, there's the oh we have sco- Aquafina so let's get Scuttle to rap at one point Scuttle which was butt, like ugh. I am not kidding I thought I was going to I wanted to leave yeah I again I don't hate this movie I hated that scene I was like whose idea well I know exactly whose idea right was, and that's the thing but I'm like. How that that was I like someone in the Disney charges. offices be like Lin Manuel Miranda. Everyone loves Hamilton. Can we get like a Hamilton number you were in, in there? Hamilton? Aquafina, right. you culturally appropriated for a couple years before you got famous. Like, but the thing about the Hamilton songs is, um, they're good, and this one isn't good, <laughs> and it fits within the context of all of Hamilton being right. pretty rap heavy. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like. We gotta get ready for the wedding. I'm like, shut right. <laughs> up, sit down. I hate this. It's so out of place. And I just, I, oof, it was just so bad. And I, it was putting Lin Manuel, Lin Manuel Miranda on the same pedestal as right. Alan Menken. It really feels kind of like, um, like a humiliation kink type of thing. I don't even know if I'd go that far. It just sort of feels like a lack of imagination in that, like, I think Lin-Manuel Miranda is very talented, but I, I'm almost a little, like, He's you on can't Disney do everything with, point. like, yeah, with him being like, we need to call him in for every Disney movie. Be like, no, yeah. we don't. Yeah. There's other people we can call or just sort of, like, we don't need everything to kind of, like, fit through it's like his either, prison. It's either him or it's Pasek and Paul. Sure, yeah. Because they're doing original, they're doing original song for the Snow White remake next year. Which prep yourself for that because that's coming with 
Gal Gadot as the evil queen. Oh, no. Uh, I was already so excited for my girl Rachel. and uh... Okay, listen. She has, she has Hunger Games later this year. Better things are coming for her. She'll be fine. Are they, though? I don't want her to get sucked into the franchise machine. There's no franchise of it. It's just one book. Oh, oh okay. I, think. I yeah. thought this was like a Star Wars prequel situation of we got to no, sit through like five of these based, movies. No, no, no. It's based on one book that Suzanne Collins did post Hunger Games that I'm currently reading because I just did oh, a okay. Hunger Games re- uh, read through. No, it's just one. It's just one because um, even if it's not, she wouldn't be in the other ones. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, But yeah, and it's directed by Mark Webb. So just um, we're going to have fun. It's going to be great. Okay. Um. Also, the costumes yeah. look fucking awful. For even. Snow White? Oh, she looks I... like she's in a party city costume and I'm not kidding. Oh no. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, um, there's just but back to Little Mermaid. But yeah, yeah, just, I I think the other thing no to imagination. point imagination. Yeah, I think the other thing to point out with the addition to the running time is I kind of see what they were doing with like look, Prince Eric is not really a much of a character in the animated version, understandably, and no, here he's a homosexual. I see <laughs> But I see what they were trying to do here, and they're like, all right, can we beef up that character more and make sort of his story mirror Ariel's in that, you know, they both want to, like, venture out into the world but have these very kind of, like, controlling royal parents that, like, want them to sort of stay near the home and not, you know, his parents don't want him to venture out to the sea. Her father doesn't want her to venture up to the surface and kind of mirror that. Although I think the problem it runs into is just like, I don't care about Prince Eric. I and- <laughs> don't either. I don't like, he's always been the most boring, most boring Prince. Because again, I said in my letterbox review, when I watched a couple weeks ago, I'm like, she sure did a lot of shit for a man. So clearly gay. And this one, not as gay, which again, that brings it down a notch for me. Um, but also like, he's just not interesting. And no, unfortunately, it's a mixture, and I think a lot of Jonah Howard King's performance does come down to the fact that the screenplay doesn't really know what to do with him. He's not interesting. Right. But also, he's not good enough of an actor to take uninteresting material and make it interesting. That's yeah. not saying he's a bad actor. I'm just saying it takes a very special kind of actor to take something that sucks and make it okay. That's the aspect of the movie I'm curious what just sort of like the general public thinks because when I've when people like at work or in my life have been asking me about this and I mentioned like it's a lot longer and if you've ever wondered wanted more Prince Eric like there's a lot more Prince Eric backstory in this movie the reaction I've gotten from pretty much everyone is uh, oh why like yeah. I don't really like I'm not really that interested in that me either. um so I'm I'm curious whether just you and I clearly don't feel that like that addition was needed or add or that added story necessarily added anything to the movie, but I'm I'm even curious what like everyday people think about that choice. I like the on land segments when Ariel gets her legs because we are escaping from a lot of the uh, underwater, like just CGI ness of it all, but also because I like their chemistry and also introducing Ariel into Prince Eric makes Prince Eric immediately more interesting, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's just, she is doing a lot of work in those scenes to, I think bring something out of him, which I think makes the, the on land aspects like 
rise like 15 percent and again because it's not just kind of like an assault of cgi it's like oh you're actually working on a set cool that's great i mean good i i just want to say the girl looks like shit but like oh that that number is terrible because another thing of like you know we can't have all the like swamp critters like dancing around them and doing stuff like in the the anime but why can't but again why why? can't we why not you know um i also just want to say i really hope everyone who played a mermaid or a merman in this movie that includes javier bardem um i just hope they all feel they were fairly compensated because uh it looks pretty embarrassing how bad those effects look under the yeah i mean Ariel I mean, I understand we can't everyone, all be James Cameron, but like coming so hot off the heels <laughs> of James Cameron, though, is pretty like, like, wow, y'all couldn't have timed this out better. Right. Like, like y'all are the literally underwater the same stuff looks studio. so bad. Yeah. yeah. Y'all are the same studio. And I mean, that's the thing. I heard that a lot of I mean, most of this, they didn't do actual water shooting. No. Anything for underwater was all CG, was all green screen and it's like that's that's the difference here is that james cameron will drown his actors and rob marshall will just be like no it's okay we'll just we'll do it but even aquaman that we mentioned earlier looks better than like like james one is at least kind of having fun with some of the imagination of like under the under the sea utopia whereas like this movie just looks so bland and that's a shame you can really tell and you can tell when rob marshall cares about something he's making and when he's cashing in um because Mm -hmm. i don't think rob marshall has done anything but cash in since 2009 um because obviously chicago great he's having a blast with it i love memoirs of a gay show you know that we've spoken mm-hmm. on it before and then even nine nine's a mess but i've actually never seen that i'm kind it's... of curious too because i love daniel day lewis and i love eight and a half so i like it's weird that i've never seen that movie <laughs> i like the music a lot and again he's having a blast with the directing the movie itself is a little you know like whatever it's yeah it's not the best in the world but again the music is fabulous um but like since then he's did he did like pirates of the caribbean which is a whole bunch of nothing oh i forgot he did one of those movies (laughs) he did into the woods which i guess is it's all right it's okay but it's not it's it, it's the sanded off Disney version of that so musical. It is so sanded off. Oh it is, my it is God. Like, like, let's take out all the edges of but that I think like, great musical. I do think direction-wise, style-wise, he had a little bit of something going there of like, let's make it pretty fake looking, but not like in the we're trying to make it realistic type thing. And I can appreciate that. On the other hand, he also did Mary Poppins Returns. Which Emily Blunt is great in, but that movie is poop. I wouldn't say poop, but I do think it looks bad. Yes. I think it looks actively really bad. Um, and then he did this. So I think I think he's just getting up an age where he's just like, why do I have to have, why do I have to do stuff that I have to put my back into? You like him more as a filmmaker than I do. I kind of mentioned on an, a podcast a few weeks ago, like, I feel like he has somehow pulled some sort of like, ruse over hollywood into thinking he's a great musical director which like i really like chicago but i think the reason i like his adaptation of chicago it has more to do with the performances and how great the songs are as opposed to like 
I don't think he's doing a great job at like directing that musical. Like I, I feel like he's tricked everyone into Hollywood yeah. into thinking he's a great musical director when yeah. I I don't think he's a particular. When Memoirs great... of a Geisha is easily his best film. That's probably his best directed one. I, I just think my problem with him is a music is he's not very good at doing musical numbers. Like there's so much cutting to the point where like oh like, oh, like i can't nine follow the is choreography with it yeah nine is awful with that that's one reason where it's like it looks pretty but can i can i like see a shot for more than half a second right i feel like chicago winning best picture sort of just convinced everyone in hollywood and like oh he's and- he he can if there's a musical let's just send it to him and he's he's not that good at doing mute I like shooting musical sequences. Yeah, and it's tough with Little Mermaid because this isn't you're doing a tra- CGI. This isn't a traditional sequences. musical. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're doing, uh, you're you're doing green screen, right? Like doing. Under the Sea is probably like the biggest number in in this movie, but like you're having to like coordinate like cgi coral that stands yeah. and like weird fish that are dancing around i saw and it all a behind the scenes like i saw a behind the scenes video this morning of um of them shooting that scene and it was when she was on the backs of the turtles uh-huh and she's literally there her hair she has her hair everything else neck down is like mocap yeah. suit and Actually, her hair is actually up, so I All, guess... Everyone's hair underwater is CGI and looks yeah. really bad yeah. CGI. And then sh- the, the turtles are... Everything's blue screen, and the yeah. turtles are men in blue screen suits, and she's mm-hmm. sitting on their back as they're, like, on their knees doing, like, that. And I'm like, oh, there we go. Yeah. There we go. That's it. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have any final Little Mermaid thoughts anything that it that, sounds that we like i it sounds like i hate it i didn't it has its moments but it's just it's just more disney remake i just sort of left feeling like all right another okay. one of these were like we really didn't need to to do this and it like yep. does no i i don't love the 89 version but like it does no service to this one that it's trying to adhere so closely yeah. to something that just like works better in an animated movie yeah it's it is a it is a pretty faithful remake i am seeing i a lot of drag queens because they love doing a little mermaid drag they have been going to see it and they, a lot of people at this point are loving it okay and um you know i'm sure it'll make a billion dollars be one of we've the been talking about the, the decline of civilization for a long time so like you know we can just it's okay but it's just it just is and i guess that's it's not the most offensive thing i've ever seen but at this point i'm just tired yeah and i'm i'm just not surprised by anything everything they took out was unfortunately something that i wish i could have seen and everything they added didn't excite me in the absolute slightest so like there's just other again other than halle bailey there's just kind of no reason to return to it and that's what youtube is for I can just watch part of your world again once it's on Disney Plus on YouTube, or I can. Or just get they on could TV. just have her like a Disney like 50th anniversary special. She can crank out these songs, and we yeah. can just see like her you can and already all listen her to like them online. majesty instead she performed of like it, she performed at Disneyland a couple weeks ago, and it was wonderful. Yeah, um, you know, it's just like there's no reason for me to go back and watch this movie. So, yeah. 
you know, it's, it's, it's tough because I'm not here being like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Like I would be with, you know, Lion King or whatever, yeah. but it's just, you know, you already know if you're going to like this movie going into it, you just are. And Disney is banking on that. So mm-hmm. if you are that person, I, I like have I, a I'm fucking I'm sure it blast. will do well if only because of like kind of what I've been talking about on this show f- this year. Like there's kind of not that many family movies thus yeah. far this year. And, you know, it's Memorial Day weekend. It's the kickoff the summer. Like I'm yeah. sure a lot of people are just going to take their kids to see this because yeah. it's like the only family movie out in theaters. Yeah. Not so Mario. like if y'all are down with that, if this is a movie for you, I do not doubt that you're going to love it. Have a blast. It's not for me. That's fine because not everything is for me. But well, also... If we're gonna spend two hundred million dollars on something, can we at least try to like make it look good? Yeah. Well, if you are an adult um, and you don't have children and you're trying to go to the movies this weekend, um, may I recommend two other things that you could go see? Um, no, you may not. Thank you. Uh, Goodbye. <laughs> um, you you really like Nicole Hall of Center, right? I do. Yes. Um, I saw her new movie, You Hurt My Feelings, which played at uh, Sundance that has Julia Louis-Dreyfus in it. Um, quite I, good. I found it quite charming. Um, I don't know if it's like, you know, run out to the theaters right away to to go see it. but Actually, uh, maybe do that because a lot of times these movies disappear very quickly if people don't see it in the first weekend. Oh, uh, well, that's true. But I, I think it would play just as well, like, at, at home. Essentially, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is... Uh, an author. She's married to uh, Tobias Menzies, who people might recognize from Game of Thrones or The Crown. Um, essentially, it, I mean, the drama of this movie is pretty small. Essentially, like, Julie Louis-Dreyfus' character, like, overhears her husband one day, like, when he doesn't realize she's, like, behind him, um, talk about how he doesn't really like her new book that she's working on, even though he's been telling her, like, Oh no, it's great. It's you know, you're doing a good job. And uh as the title suggests, uh it really hurts her feelings and it it kind of becomes this like funny comedy about the little white lies that we tell our friends and family members and loved ones like, you know, when you want to be supportive but you don't necessarily want to, you know, give that totally honest feedback with them you know to them. Yeah. Um I, I don't know. I, I found a lot of the humor in it very relatable in just sort of like that this finding all these different scenarios to which like we as people in the world like have to deal with that kind of predicament. Um, You know, it's it's a very sweet kind of small movie that I would say if you want something light and you don't want to see Little Mermaid to go check it out. Um, I will just kind of watch Julia Louis-Dreyfus in anything. Um, The other one that I caught up with last night was paul schrader's master gardener which i really um, want to see i would say you know it's funny i was preparing to be like you know if you want something a little bit lighter go see you hurt my feelings if you want something a little bit darker go see master gardener but i think this is weirdly for as incredibly provocative as this movie is it's kind of weirdly a hopeful movie by paul schrader's standards and a little bit sweeter than i was expecting this sort of like concludes his like lonely man in a room writing a diary trilogy that he's had lately with i mean he's been doing this kind of movie since right who has a dangerous past um i mean he's basically been doing like variations on taxi driver for decades at this point but in particular like in recent years kind of coming back to this type of story with 
first reform which i think is a, a masterpiece and uh the card counter which uh i think is more flawed but i still really liked i would say this is my least favorite of the three but i, I didn't um, see card counter amazing oscar isaac performance um i i, I think a, a, a movie that has its flaws like taylor uh, ty sheridan i don't think is is particularly good in it but like yeah. it's worth seeing for how great oscar isaac is in it and weirdly Barry cohen um, really came through and like like dementored like dementor <laughs> sucked ty sheridan's promise out of him yeah um this new one uh has joel edgerton as uh well i mean you can guess a master gardener for this uh working on this like plantation like garden owned by uh sigourney weaver doing um what i will guess will be a very divisive performance because it is very campy um oh, i actually no. really want to know what you think this at work today i, I really want to know what you think of sigourney weaver in this in this movie because i i kind of had a it it kind of rides the line of the like jason momoa in fast x sort of like i don't know if this performance is good but i'm really enjoying this you'll take my spleen before you make me see fast fast x or fast 10 or oh you should see this before you should see fast x but if like it is it is here's the thing i would have to see fast (laughs) fast i through fast ix before seeing fast x yeah um but she basically asks joel edgerton to mentor her grandniece who is uh mixed race which is notable because um i don't know how much of a spoiler this is i feel like it's it's revealed in the trailer but i've seen some reviews kind of skirt around it so light spoiler warning i guess joel edgerton's character is a like reformed white supremacist proud boy and so the movie is this very provocative uh sort of relationship between him this reformed white supremacist essentially working in this plantation like environment and mentoring this young black woman and the relationship between him and this young black woman and how that relationship develops goes in some i think very provocative uh down some very provocative avenues while also in a way that is very like unexpectedly sweet and tender. I I'm very fascinated to hear what people think of this movie. I I've Should heard some people second reformed. For as many yeah. I reformed. It is. I do not think the drama and the performances in it are as no one's bad in the movie necessarily, but it doesn't quite have that extra sort of ump that first reformed hat. The drama isn't quite the same as like, first reformed and there isn't even kind of like a lightning rod performance like oscar isaac in the card counter but i would say like i would say this is kind of b minus paul schrader but even then he is dealing with i think some very very loaded racial themes and imagery in this movie that um i i think will make it a hot conversation topic for anyone who goes and sees it and Mm -hmm. it went in some directions that i was not expecting even though i would say it is kind of like mid-tier work by him if that makes sense okay well well here's the thing mid-tier is still pretty high tier for schrader because if schrader's bad schrader is like 
you once did something good like right. type of like level of bad you're like the canyons or yeah. like some shit and i i basically don't want you to go in expecting like first reformed or him like i like his... first reformed but i don't i'm not like you're you're not in the cult of people okay yeah okay so you know even if it's not that i'm you know again i'm not like mm, yeah you know. i i will be fascinated to know if you see this what your thoughts on it not just because of the sigourney weaver performance which i feel like you will have some very strong takes about whether positive or negative but also just sort of like it you know it this is i think playing with some very provocative um imagery and thematic ideas in this story about like redemption and and who can be redeemed i mean to give you an idea like kevin spacey was the first pick for who Schrader wanted in the title role, not Joel Edgerton. To I'm give honestly you an, I, surprised he still didn't cast. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think other people who were involved in the movie were like, "We can't do that," but it makes sense in that like he is really trying to like, what is the most kind of despicable, unsettling form of human being for like an audience to see, and like how how much how much can I dare you as to whether or not you want to believe in whether or not this person can be redeemed and, and have sort of a second chance at life. Um, and I, I think what, what people's answer to that question, um, I think will be quite interesting, but, um, yeah, that's, that's master gardener. Alrighty. That's also fun. just a movie. I was kind of like giggling through of just like, <laughs> just, Schrader also being like someone who's very online and there's some like monologues in this movie that is very much like boomer online and there's just his willingness to be like I I'm not gonna hide from the fact that I kind of like telling the same stories over and over again is just yeah like, when I saw the trailer I was like wow this really has shades of shades of everything yeah, of... The, the open the opening scene of just like Joel Edgerton in the dark with like a lamp sitting writing in his journal was just like I kind of like cackled in the theater. I was like, "We're, we're his willingness to not even hide from it at this point is is so funny and endearing to me." So well, that sounds fun. I'm, I'm I might actually go see that. That about wraps us up for this week, Hunter. Thank you for joining. Um, thank next you week, me, as always, on the show, uh, I believe we're going to discuss Spider Man into the Spider Verse, which. I'm seeing Tuesday and uh, sounds really good. 